All right, we are here with Darren Korb, audio director for Supergiant Games. They just released last, uh, oh, no, sorry, this week, actually. Uh, they just released their new game, Pyre, which I'm going to let Darren introduce and give kind of the elevator pitch for the game so that I don't flub it up. Um, so, Darren, th- first of all, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me today. And, um, you know, congratulations on the epic third release. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, it's my pleasure. Happy to be here. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, nice to have the game out the door. We've been working on it for a while. Yeah, three three years. Uh, is this the, did all the games take three years or is this no, the longest? No, this is the longest. Um, they, they've each taken a little bit longer than the previous one. <laughs> <laughs> why, do you, why do you suppose that is? Just the standards I, keep going uh, up? Or? I think the scope changes a little bit and the you know the the ambitiousness of the project increases some um you know the the sort of threat of us having the lights shut off decreases slightly you know so <laughs> so we, we have like a little bit longer a little bit more padding um so we'll see you know how 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 soon we have have to uh, deliver the next one but yeah. uh, depending on how this does but um yeah why don't you, uh, for, for folks who maybe have not yet played the game or seen any footage from the gorgeous trailers that you've put out there, why don't you uh, sort of give the elevator pitch about what the game is about and like kind of what kind of genre it is? Sure, yeah. So Pyre is a party-based RPG uh, where you lead a band of exiles through like a mystical purgatory and you compete in these ancient rituals to earn back your freedom. Sweet. I like that nice and concise elevator pitch. You've practiced. It's- well, yeah, I have that. Yeah, so that was a tricky one on this game because there's a lot going on. Yeah, I think I've seen uh, one of my favorite headlines. I don't remember the exact headline from one of the reviews that came out. It was something like um, fantasy, fa- like fantasy, fantasy sports or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, yeah the, the reception's been awesome so far. Yeah, really promising. You know, ple- uh, uh, positive reviews, I should say, and. Uh, it's been really cool to hear people's impressions and just see how people react to the game because it's certainly like I would say it is our weirdest thing we've done by several um, orders of magnitude. <laughs> um, but I, you know, it's also maybe my favorite thing that we've done in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's super weird, and I it's like I've seen it compared to like mystical NBA Jam with like <laughs> with. <laughs> with like a really uh, robust visual novel component, you know, I've I've seen all sorts of comparisons and things people have said about it. I mean, we think about it as an RPG, and that the sort of rituals that are, are kind of the sport, quote unquote, uh, element are um, are that is the combat for the RPG that we've made. You know, that's sort of how mm-hmm. we think about it. Yeah, I remember when I when you first revealed the artwork for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I saw. Is it? Did I? Would I have seen artwork before the trailer? Or was the trailer probably the first thing that I saw? The the let's see, the trailer about a year ago, mm-hmm. and artwork probably came out all around the same time. Yeah, we released a little bit of some screenshots and some some key art and stuff at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember hearing. I think it was the trailer. I remember hearing the trailer music and thinking, you know, that's very, you know, very you. It's it's uh, yeah. you know, got got a little little something new in there. Uh, but you know, it's it's very very. Super giant games for you. Awesome. And well, and then I saw the art, and I was like, "This is also those things." Yeah. <laughs> but it's also something that I was not expecting at all, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, that's certainly a compliment. I well, at least I take it as one that people can, 
identify that we have made this game. Yeah. That is cool. Because it is a, if you just look at all the, on paper, this game is, has nothing to do with other, other games uh, really at all. And, and so the fact that people can tell uh, that the same group of folks made it, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the, the big things there is that the the same group of people actually made the game. It's not, you know, a <laughs> it's not a label yep. that's, you know, using a different team or different. Yeah. You know, so that that continuity yep. I think creates so much. I mean, obviously, just from the online reception and you know the the booth. I was at PAX, uh, yeah. you know, and and I didn't even go near the booth because it was so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I admired it from afar. Sure, um, but it was you know it's you've got a community around your company, which is awesome. No, it's all, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's certainly, um, it's certainly really cool to see people who get so deeply invested into the games. And that's really kind of the most satisfying reaction to see is people who really, really care super hard about it. Um, and cosplayers who come and like, even before the game is out, we had cosplayer, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, and that's awesome. You know, that's, that's sort of, you know, I'm, as long as we sort of make those people happy, <laughs> <I'm sort of laughs> yeah. like, that's like the, my target audience at this point. It's like the people who like really care. Yeah. The, uh, the, in, in retail, we call those, we called those, uh, promoters, people who yeah. just, you know, advocate for and promote your brand without you having to do anything else other than yeah, yeah. obviously create an awesome right. product. Make the stuff, make the make the stuff as cool as you can. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Um, so to switch gears a little bit to to kind of dig into the music a little bit. So if I recall correctly from our last conversation and just from other interviews I've read of the past for the last two games, you used is it? Am I remembering correctly that you used like three word like three word sort of themes to <laughs> keep you like in a specific kind of mindset yeah. for the games? So mm-hmm. Did you do yeah, that yeah. again? I this game was a little more resistant to that mm-hmm. because there's just more modes of gameplay and mm-hmm. more settings and more stuff. So this game certainly has the broadest um, range of styles on its soundtrack, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I did for like a portion of it, basically, um, the sort of traveling kind of road movie portion of the game. I I tried to do something. Well, the art sort of drove me in the direction of doing something that was like '70s acoustic fantasy rock. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like a little bit trippy, uh, but also sort of groovy and just sort of laid back and really very chill in a lot of ways. Um, and so that's kind of what I tried to do for a lot of the traveling sort of overmap stuff. And then the actual rights themselves, I did something, uh, some of it was a little bit more gothic. I certainly tried to steer towards some of those instruments. I used harpsichords and organs and things like that. And um, there's quite a bit of harp and, and a lot of uh, sort of bardic instruments, uh, mm-hmm. specifically in the overmap stuff, I guess. In the matches uh, and the rights themselves, there's more like, it, it's more of a mashup. Sure. <laughs> Is because there's pre, there's a pretty broad range uh, of of pieces for the for the rights because I based those sort of on the enemy triumvirate that you're facing. Yep. So each one has a pretty different feel, and I tried to just kind of 
be as direct as I could with defining their vibe. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played the game yet because I'm a Mac guy, so I've got to yeah. yeah. go back a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, you made the right business call there, not going Mac first, so no, no criticism. I think I, I think I dinged yeah. you for that last time, but no, it's, I'm a little wiser it, now, so. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, I listen, I've been a Mac user my whole, you know, since I've been using computers, and eventually I broke down and just also got a PC only for games and work because it just, like, there's no... Yeah, yeah, I just I gave up on the Mac games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a tough it's a tough life. But yeah, I know, I you know. know. I've got Boot Camp installed, but it's it's like yeah, you know, it was an ordeal. It's not you know? quite the same, yeah. Yeah, but um, you know, to to kind of, I remember so I was listening to the soundtrack this week, and I remember to kind of to kind of uh, hit on the the thing you just said about it going through all sorts of different sort of feels uh, based on what people are encountering and bonus points for using Triumvirate. Uh, in, in uh, you know, in in regular everyday talk. But, uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember. There's one track I was listening to it, and you know, I'm just kind of uh, watching my toddler this week, and he's running around and playing, and I'm listening to the soundtrack. And then there's this one that came up. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's a little bit more of a heavier uh, rock kind of track. Thra- thrash pack. That's the one. That's yeah, the that's one. Thrash one, yeah. pack. Yeah. And I remember thinking like. Huh, like that that kind of came out of nowhere, <laughs> but it was really it was really a fun track. Awesome. Um, so so yeah, it's got a huge huge ex- I mean, this is also the biggest soundtrack, right? So far? Yeah. 39 yeah, it's almost, tracks on almost, the on the yeah. uh, album at least and there's it's, probably yeah, more. Yeah, so just just shy of 2 hours of music on the soundtrack, yeah. Woof. So, yeah, I bet you're relieved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I didn't you know the funny thing about that is that so this game almost all the music in the game stem based mm. so i have everything broken out into like a minimum of five stems wow uh there are a couple songs that are just stereo but but for the most part it's stem based and so i didn't even have stereo mixes of any of the songs at all basically and so i had to do all that in like two weeks after i kind of finished my work on the game between then and when i needed to get the soundtrack to mastering mm. so i just like had a kind of a breakneck two weeks of just like doing like arrangements and <laughs> making sure you know getting everything mixed properly yeah. for for just a single stereo stem you know yeah and make it nice and linear if it's not already and exactly yeah because uh, uh yeah the way i composed for this game was pretty different uh, because of that actually cool. um tell me about that because i know that you, uh, i know that in past games that i've played uh from you guys that it's pretty responsive in terms of you know combat and you know things like that yeah, so we we got a little bit into the <clears throat> stemming for transistor. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, not much. It was pretty minimal. It was basically just music stem, drum stem, and then if there was a vocal stem, then the vocal stem. Yep. And so that was pretty straightforward. I didn't really have to change any of my composition techniques for that. Mm-hmm. But you know, some like the pieces when you're traveling have I think seven or eight stems, and you know there has to be something happening basically on every stem all the time because uh-huh. in order for there to be any impact when that stem kicks on, it has to have something playing. <laughs> Ooh, that's, <laughs> you know? that's complicated. So how do you deal with structure and form then? Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of that is created dynamically. I mean, I give the piece a structure mm-hmm. and I'll have sections and, you know, have it go through the sections and, and 
but it was certainly a challenge. I mean, a lot of the stuff I would normally do when I create the piece in the first place, I ended up doing in kind of the last two weeks when I was making the stereo mix downs of everything where I was editing, you know, and only using certain parts of each stem, you know, each stem. Uh, but in the game, a lot of that stuff sort of happens dynamically. Huh. That must have been fun and interesting. I mean, that's good that it probably pushed you a little bit, but, Absolutely, but uh, yeah. you know, at the same time, it's, you know, always it's always good to be uncomfortable. But I'm sure that that probably was a little bit uncomfortable at first, at least. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because in a way, it's almost less work initially to make the stems than it is to do this stereo piece. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it's like you just need to play something the whole time and it doesn't have to be perfect because when you make a, you know what I mean? It's like it just needs to be ac- there for accent and be and totally just work musically if it comes on. But that was sort of the requirement of some of the stems was like, well, I know these are going to be used not all the time and they're just for flavor. So I just need to have something there, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So and so the the actual hard part really is the editing of the ideas and making that done finished piece that I kind of got to procrastinate on for almost three years, <laughs> with the thing, you know. So in some ways it was like easier for a lot of it and then harder right at the end. But now did you now I remember you told me you told me last time we talked uh, three years ago that you you like to do a lot of the production and, and mixing as you write. So you, I guess you kind of had to fight your, your nature on that. I still did that stuff. Um, I, I mean, I still, I still, there was a bunch of that going on. I mean, I still put effects on things and did mixing on individual parts, you know, sure. so that if they do kick on, they're going to be at different relative volumes to the other stuff at different times in the piece, et cetera. And, you know, uh, and I did that stuff. <clears throat> but I didn't do the sort of editing component of that as much as I would have. Okay, got it. Interesting. So, yeah, that's well. Now I've, I really need to play the game so I can hear how <laughs> this sounds when it's not like packaged with a bow on it. It's, yep, you know, not yep. that it's not packaged with a bow on it in the game, but you know, yeah, packaged, it's certainly you know, like different. You know, it is certainly dynamic and and really you can, you know, there's a lot of ways you can hear all the pieces. That's cool. That's also, you know, a lot to wrap your mind around organization-wise probably. It, yeah, it was pretty bonkers. Uh, I think after doing the first two or so, I I, I had a pretty good idea of how to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was initially I was like, wait a minute, do I, how many more stems do I What do I I need a flute part and a mandolin part and a <laughs> just like <laughs> what do I need? Now, did you so did you have any reluctance to become the well let me let me rephrase this so i would kind of say that that uh, logan right um yeah logan mm-hmm. was sort of the vocal identity of bastion and then yeah. ashley was sort of the vocal identity of transistor or very much the vocal identity of transistor mm-hmm. and i'd say that you're you're pretty much the vocal identity in this one although you know ashley's there on the soundtrack uh, you yeah, know and logan well. logan still you know, is the the main speaking voice you hear, so... Oh, well, uh, you gotta uh, get in there and play the game. Yeah, you gotta oh, check it out. Oh, man. <clears throat> um, do, you have a, do you have a PS4? No, I don't. You know, oh, I've yeah. got, got the two-year-old, so the, the sure. console gaming really took a hit. Oh, uh, man, I know. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old, so it's... Uh, I, yeah, I get it. 
Yeah, I think I remember last time we we tried to connect. It was we were teetering on, you know, we're like it was dependent on whether or not your kiddo stayed asleep. And now, yeah, I've got yeah. mine asleep on the other side of this wall, and I'm like, yeah. don't <laughs> move, yeah. don't wake up, yeah, <laughs> don't let the chair creak. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely that's actually something. Well, let me go back to my original question then. So, did you have any, uh, you know, reservations making yourself sort of the the, the main? Um, you know, vocal identity on the soundtrack because you're w- much more present and you sound fantastic, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much. Um, I mean, I didn't really, it, 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 that wasn't much of a consideration. Honestly, it was really more what is going to be appropriate for this game. Mm-hmm. And there, Greg wrote this really cool kind of traveling minstrel character who is like, hangs out with you all the time mm-hmm. um, and is part of your group. And that, and I, you know, it just made I, I'm the male singer I've worked with uh, on these <laughs> games and you know just made sense for him to sing more and then sort of Ashley's character in the game the one that she sings for is the um, sort of other kind of opposing uh, minstrel for the like enemy teams that you face the enemy triumvirate so That's cool. um, so yeah I mean it, it just didn't make as much sense for her to have like you know more stuff to do uh, in this game <laughs> yeah, like it did in Transistor, where she, where she voiced the main character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's um, it's it's really interesting to hear that after having listened to the soundtrack without having played the game, um, because when you're 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 singing together um, yeah. all these these songs, and then you know, there's, I'm not going to talk about bound. Uh, is it bound together? The last yeah, one? yeah. Yep. I guess I won't talk about the subject matter of that one too much if sure. people haven't heard it, because I think it's a little spoilery. Yes. Yeah. So, I agree. Um, but it's, it's a beautiful uh, track, and you two sound fantastic together. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, the the duets were fun, and I knew I wanted to do kind of as much of that as I could on um, on this soundtrack, just because that's fun. I like it. I like that stuff a yeah. lot. Did you now? Did you for was it what's the one morning song where you're acapella? Yep. How did you how did you approach writing that melodically? Because I know that. A lot of the stuff that you write isn't, you know, it's it's very appropriate for the action of the game because it's not, you know, it's not um, so melody focused that it would distract from what the player is doing. And also, mm-hmm. get, you know, now hearing about the structure with the stems, uh, it makes even more sense. So, you know, is that something that you, I know that you, you've got a band that you write with, but mm-hmm. writing without any instruments to back you up, like, did you approach that just by writing the melody flat out or did you come up with the... You know the, the a chord progression to play along with it, and then just remove the instrument later. Yeah, so it's a little bit more of the second one, actually. Uh, I it's sort of based on a really, really early thing I did that was just a test. We were basically testing what it was was a test of a multi sort of a multi vocal track thing where we could tell it. I could put markers in my F mod queue, mm-hmm. and we could like tell it to choose verse one you know like like first track one on verse a track two on verse b track three on verse c you know it was just like a test of to see if we could make that work um which is something that we end up using in the game later um where the song like the the bound together is actually reactive in the game based Ooh. on stuff that's happened in the game Interesting. Uh, yeah i won't really say any more than that but yeah. but um it actually reacts to the results of your playthrough Excellent. Um, that makes sense. 
so so anyway, that was sort of the t- we were just kind of testing out that idea of having sort of alternate verses for songs. And so I wrote this little piece, uh, which I thought was kind of fun and forgot about it for a long time and then just rediscovered it at the end when I knew I wanted to have an acapella thing, a moment acapella where there's a part in the story where it made sense to have them have a little acapella duet moment. And so I just kind of resurrected that melody and to change the key, removed the instrumentation and sort of put, you know, some of the, just so that harmonic information on the harmony part, you know, that Ashley sings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started with that melody that I sing and, uh, yeah. And that, that was it. Well, it's, they're, they're beautiful. Uh, all, all the vocal pieces have fantastic melodies and, and awesome. they're very, uh, they're very singable, you know, in terms of, cool. you know, where they sit and how pleasant they are to sing, uh, as a singer myself. Awesome. Um, they're, <laughs> it's actually at the, I was listening to the soundtrack again this morning. I was at the playground with my kiddo, yeah. and I had you know one earbud in to yeah. listen, uh, you know, for the soundtrack, and the other earbud to listen or the earbud out to listen for him, you know, yeah. doing mischief. <laughs> and <laughs> and I realized I'm you know walking around. I'm I'm one of the only dads there, and I'm like walking around with the moms, and I'm like hum, I'm like singing and hum, humming along with the yeah. you know the minor melodies, and you know the I, I realize I'm walking around singing this stuff on a playground. I'm like this is probably not. <laughs> playground music and probably for those of you for anyone who can't necessarily see me with the earbud in this yeah. probably isn't you know doesn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> but, sure yeah but not, not playground music but probably fantastic for the uh the story that you guys came up with uh yeah i mean that's the hope anyway yeah it's it's definitely it's another one of those things where transistor and bastion and now pyre very quickly this the tone is established uh, very clearly, and it's very you know tra- uh, you know transports you you know into awesome. the aesthetic that you see in the art. So it's really really awesome that you guys have that synergy because you're all you know still together and you're working together over such a long period of time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's a high compliment for sure. That's something that is my basically my main goal uh, with all the music is just to as- help establish and reinforce the tone of the thing, and that's that's. If I do nothing else, then I still have succeeded, as, as far as I'm concerned. Cool. Yeah, no, you, you nailed it. So I've got a few, I've got three kind of unusual questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, don't don't uh, overthink these too much because they're probably weird. But sure. I like to ask them, so here we go. So one of them is that, uh, this is actually, I guess, too weird. But what, what would you think is your unique sort of superpower when it comes to working on game audio i think uh i'm not sure how many other composers work this way i don't know i feel i feel like i don't hear about other people doing this but i think my background in production is the thing is something that i really rely heavily on at least for my process and what that allows and, and my ability to sort of play a few instruments and and get from idea to finished product all by myself pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, I can do the entire pipeline, and I think that is a really valuable skill set for someone d- doing any sort of composing. Um, just because you're able to, you don't need to rely on anybody else's scheduling, you don't need to hire other musicians for stuff, you can just sort of have the idea and go and do it and see whether it's good right away and you don't need to wait until you hear it recorded with the, you know, 
uh, you don't need to do mock-ups. You're just making the thing. Yep. Uh, so I think it, it really helps with turnaround time and just your ability to assess and control the quality of something as much as you possibly can. Um, so I think that that's, that's sort of, uh, I, I would say that's my, probably my strength. Cool. And then if you had to start over, uh, and all you had, let's say you're, you know, with the same company you're mm-hmm. you know, maybe you're not, and you're working on something brand new and all you had was a laptop and 500 bucks. And I'll give you you're you're a logic guy, is that that's true? Yeah. Yeah. So yep. then I'll I'll throw in logic for you as well. Uh-huh. Um, since I'm, we're both Mac guys. Um yeah. what would you what would how would you use that other five hundred dollars to kind of get yourself uh, set up for success yep. as much as possible? Do I have an audio interface or not? Uh we'll, we'll I'll give you the audio interface. But audio interface. Well, actually okay. let me let me let me circle that back for a second. So yeah. Is there an audio interface that you would recommend before we blow past that? I mean, you know, not really. I I, I use a Digio 2 rack thing that I got a billion years ago mm-hmm. still just because I have it and it's got a bunch of channels mm-hmm. and it sounds fine. Um, I also have a Sapphire like two-channel thing that I have used and don't notice any difference in the sound quality. So <laughs> I, there you, go. <laughs> you know, if you're, it, you know, if you want to record at like 192 or 96 or something, then maybe you need some special audio interface. I mean, I hear Apogee makes good interfaces. Um, but other than that, I really have no, I don't have a special magic interface that I like to use or anything. Cool. Well, let's then let's say you, I'll, I'll give you your audio interface as well. Okay, cool. Um, I think probably I would have to find a cheap bass, a cheap guitar, and a cheap microphone, um, probably for five hundred bucks, and it can be done. I think like some sort of, you know, Strat knockoff or maybe a Squire, um, and maybe like also like kind of a cheapy Squire bass, because you can you can make those sound good if you if you're patient and know how to do intonations and stuff. And then um, I'd probably have to get like, well. I'm trying to think like what kind of mic you could get for you can get like studio projects mics for like a hundred bucks that are decent um, condenser mics mm-hmm. um, or you know of course you could get like a S- SM58 or something for under a hundred bucks usually yeah um, like 99 bucks or 89 bucks or something. and that's a you know you can basically do whatever with that it's not the best vocal mic but but I listen I recorded Ashley like all of Ashley's vocals on transistor were recorded with an SM58 so you know, awesome. depend depends on your voice. Um, for me, it's not a great a great mic because my voice is, it tends to be boomy sounding on it. But um, uh, that being said, I'd probably get some sort of kind of cheap condenser mic. Probably not uh, a USB one, but but even like a Snowball or something would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think in order to like do all the stuff that I can think of, I'd need probably a bass, a guitar, and a and a microphone of some sort. Interesting. So you you didn't go software at all on any of that. Nope. I use basically, I use almost no extra plugins in Logic. I use almost everything out of the box. Um, I got like Wobble, like this Sonovox, like Wobble synth, which I use on you know a handful of tracks, just if I want to get extra filthy synth bass mm-hmm. um, stuff going. Uh, and I I got this Urcam tracks plugin, but I, I didn't, I don't use that for music. It's just for vocal processing. Um, basically for, for, for voice acting. Cool. Um, and that's about it. It's awesome. Well, 
that's really nice to hear <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like there's such a focus on the tools and people lose sight of the craft sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's it really is like it's about you know what you can imagine more than than about the tools in my in my opinion. Like I've you know, and and I I interned in a recording studio for a couple of years and nothing proved it to me more than that experience which was the studio had a bunch of nice gear you know good room whatever fancy board outboard stuff microphones but and and i recorded in there a couple of times just like after hours and the results i got in there were never as good as the results i got at home when i was able to just do it until it was perfect and there was no time pressure. Ah, that's you know, yeah, and, and just just imagine, you know, just kind of allow my brain to sort of imagine all the ways in which it could be better, and then try and execute that. Um, whereas in the studio, I just never really, you know, I never really got felt like I I could I could have that same level of uh, imagination and time and comfort and and all that stuff. So, I mean, I love recording studios. Don't get me wrong. They're amazing places. And I wish I had my own personal one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that being said, you know, it's totally not necessary. I, you know, I, I recorded Bastion and Transistor in my New York apartment, you know? Yep. Um, I, I used a $200 Mitchell acoustic guitar that I bought in like 1998 or whatever for, for all the music on Bastion basically. Cool. Um, you know, it's not it's like it's uh <laughs> it does it the gear is not is not the thing yeah you know it's it is interesting with with you know guitars my first guitar that i ever purchased for myself was nothing super fancy yep. um but i was super picky just i think it was because of you know i was hearing you know all this great guitar music and i couldn't play that well no. it was okay but when I was buying my first guitar, it was like, you know, the standards had been set in my ear. Yeah. So now I'm shopping based on those standards, you know, never mind how well I can play. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it took me a long time, but I ended up getting uh, an Ibanez for 300 bucks. Yep. And it's nothing special, um, except for that it is something very special without sounds. And it's yeah. I've taken it to get get worked on in a few places and it's I always get compliments on how it sounds even all this time later and now it's got banged up because I didn't take good care of it in college and it looks sure you know it looks like it's you know been battle uh, hardened a bit and you know I still get good compliments on the tone and that's just not something I can I can go out and get <laughs> easily yeah you know oh, absolutely yeah no I mean it's you know, they say one in ten squires sounds great. You know what I mean? Like oh, one in really? ten squire strats. Yeah, it's terrifying. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's that's pretty good for yeah. like a hundred fifty dollar guitar or whatever it is. You know? Yeah. Uh, so y- you just gotta play play it. I mean, that's the thing. I, I, don't get me wrong. I salivate over fancy gear as well. Um, I like it. <laughs> it's just not necessary. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, another kind of a weird one. So let's say you had to, I think this is the last weird question, uh, the last question for you here. So let's say you um, needed to teach someone how to do what you do, 
for a competition and you had a million bucks on the line so you got incentive and they can you know they know what the things in the DAW do you know they know what the buttons do necessarily they have some proficiency on an instrument let's say Mm -hmm. Um, but beyond that it's up to you to teach them uh, to to do what you do and you have you know a month to do it Mm -hmm. what would you focus on in that month uh, training that person I probably split it between showing them a lot of the my sort of go-to signal paths and plugins and things that I like to use and sounds mm-hmm. and that and then like my approach to how I write like you know dig through the whatever dig through all the loops you find a tempo do this you know there's some just some different kind of guides to get started Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the time, I'd probably just have them listen to the Beatles or something, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, just listen to me, mu- just give them some music to listen to, um, listen to Radiohead, listen to the Beatles, listen to this, listen to that, um, because you know, a lot of my inspiration comes from music that I love that isn't game music, um, you know, just sort of music I grew up listening to and that I'm currently listening to and that I'm inspired by. Now you've got some some flavors from other places uh, in the world in this the soundtrack. Yeah. And what kind of music did you listen to, or do you listen to that uh, gave you that that influence in terms of you know maybe the non traditional American uh, you know flavor? <laughs> yeah, I mean I've I've listened to a bunch of stuff. I've listened to you know world music and stuff, and I did some travel. I spent some time in Turkey about twelve years ago, and uh, you know did you know I I bought a balama but i had to leave it in turkey for mm. customs but, that's <laughs> but sad. while i was there but it's all right but uh but uh no i mean i i've traveled and let's do a bunch of stuff and uh and um you know it's i think it comes from it comes from that mostly um just just having and, and just watching watching a lot of movies uh i think it's part of it too and hearing those sounds in soundtracks for movies when they want to show you, look, this is an exotic place. Look at the, you know, they <laughs> you go just, they use like a kind of predictable palette of instruments in yeah. that situation. But I've certainly become familiar with that stuff and have access to what's the thing that sounds like this. And I can go and look for that sound. Um, so at least I have a reference point and something I like doing with that stuff is using it in a context you don't really expect. Um, or, or that sort of uh, transforms the way you perceive it. Uh, so a lot of the, the sort of Eastern instruments, uh, you know, are I use them not just for exoticism, but to just mash them up with things that are familiar mm-hmm. so that they become, so that the familiar things become less familiar and the unfamiliar things become more familiar. <laughs> if that makes sense. No, yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of your strengths actually is, is, is the melding of different sort of uh, you know elements from different palettes that normally maybe wouldn't go together, but or you wouldn't think that they would go together. Maybe is a better way to put that. Yeah. Um, but you pull them together quite nicely. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's just uh, it's like my I think it's my high school English teacher. So it's like it was all about lateral thinking and just like <laughs> that really stuck with me. <laughs> you know, just like making broad connections everything to everything else um sort of stuck with me and and i've tried to apply that musically 
cool. And then to to kind of close this out here, I think that you know you also to to bring it back to one of my uh, college professors, he always said that you know at the end of the concert, despite whatever eclectic he had he had a very eclectic uh, choral uh, repertoire. Mm-hmm. that he had us do and a lot of it was super challenging and a lot of it was from all sorts of places around the world some of which you know the audience would have never heard of or heard music mm-hmm. from before and so it, you know it's it's a stretch uh, attention wise to mm-hmm. you know keep people engaged with that but he always said you know you got to give some got to give people you know no matter what journey you take them on uh, in the middle you got to give them something to hum on the way home <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and I, I really like that you do that with all of your your soundtracks you kind of start with you know, a very character strong, uh, musically character strong, and also you know story character strong piece of music. And then you've got all this this you know amazing journey throughout. And then at the end, you end you bookend it with another really strong, vocally strong you know character driven piece that is just super pleasant, but also provides kind of a closure. So you know, it's you you done good. Awesome. I'm trying to say. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So, you, and, and you get you get a you know just to to further further compliment you. Uh, you know, we have a private Facebook group for the Video Game Music Academy, and in there, you your name comes up a lot um, in terms of <laughs> you know things that people like or things that people want to you know try to try to emulate awesome. or you know people use your music as answers to questions, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, that's uh, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, really cool yeah. So I think people will be pretty stoked to hear your, you know, this, this update from you after this third installment. And I look forward to the fourth and the fifth and so on. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks again for, for taking some time today. And again, congratulations on a job. Very well done. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Awesome.